We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Feel like Kobe in a fourth quarter. This is the Dane Moore NBA podcast brought to you by Blue Wire Podcasts. Coming at you Monday night after the Wolves beat the Spurs in San Antonio by 10. Final score Wolves 149, Spurs 139. That was with no overtime. A combined 288 points scored in 48 minutes. Obviously, the story of the night in this one was that 60 of those 288 points came from Carl Anthony Towns. 14 points in the first quarter. Another 10 in the second, so 24 points at halftime. Had him tracking towards a 50-point night, but it was the third quarter where where Cat went off. 32 points in that quarter alone on just 13 shots. The Spurs had no answer for him all night, and this was just one of those games where you saw Cat sort of internalize that. He had the matchup the whole time. He felt like he had the freedom, you know, given a few injuries uh, of players who weren't playing tonight, just freedom that, allowed Cat to sort of be a ball hog in that quarter. Here's Cat on his 60-point night, specifically that 32-point third quarter where the Spurs just could not do anything with him. Hey, Carl, I heard you tell Katie uh, you didn't know that you had 32 in the third. I, I just wonder, like, while that quarter was playing out and, I mean, you're piling things up, just how did it feel going through that and 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 just, I guess, scoring at the rate that you were? Did it feel like you were doing all that work or? I knew I knew I was scoring a lot of points when it was uh, I think there was seven minutes and 59 seconds in the third. And I was I felt like I, I was I had already played a whole quarter and was scoring a lot. So I knew I was on a, a crazy pace of scoring. And uh, in my mind, I was so locked into just dominating. I didn't really think of anything else. But when every time I touched the ball, go score the ball. So um, I was just I was just in a different mindset. Um, Every shot felt really good. It felt pure off my hand. Um, I was even upset about the ones that had some in and outs in the third, too. And I was I was very upset by that. But um, I think in, in unusual Carl fashion, usually when I get some in and outs, I, I get some shots that I'm not very happy with. I kind of take a step back and try to start passing the ball around. And this was a time where it was just a, lo- a lot of a lot of ball hogging. <laughs> I don't know what to say. Ant was saying you ball hogged the whole game. I said it worked out. So, um I just felt really good with the, with the ball in my hand. Uh, I just wanted to be super aggressive. I really wanted to put the game away in the third. Cat did put that game away in the third. 32 points that quarter, five made threes, nine free throw makes. Ultra aggressive. I mean, we've seen 
we've gotten a handful of looks recently at what it looks like when Cat plays with this type of aggression. He scored over 35 points in a game now five times this season, and four of those performances have come in the past 27 days. He had that 39-point game against Charlotte on February 15th, 39 against Golden State on March 1st, 36 against Portland on March 5th, and now 60 against San Antonio tonight. The Wolves have played in that in that time from February 15th on to today. The Wolves have played 12 games in that time, and they are 9-3 and three in that stretch. And what is happening here is exactly what needs to happen for Cat in these final two months of the season for him to make an All-NBA team. He needed, he came like out of the all-star break knowing that he needed to put up insane numbers individually and that the Wolves as a team needed to go on a crazy winning stretch. That is happening. The reason this is so important is because cap making all NBA draws a path for him to committing long-term to Minnesota sooner. If cap makes all NBA this summer, he is eligible to sign a supermax extension for four years and $200 million. It would add four years onto the two years he has remaining on his contract. So Cat would be locked up for six more years through the 2027-28 season. What's important to distinguish here is that Cat is not eligible to sign any long-term contract this summer unless it's the Supermax. If he misses All-NBA and is not eligible for that, then Cat has to wait to sign a max extension the following summer it rolls over to 2023. Now, if that happens, it, it doesn't mean the extension won't come. It just means another sort of year in limbo. And a year in limbo for the Wolves or for any team, it just it comes with a little bit of risk, right? And I know you might see that $200 million number, be scared by it. That's a that's a ton of money. But that's also like we just need to remember that's what players of Cat's caliber get these days. $50 million a year sounds nuts. But remember, like, one kick in until 2024. We've got the cap going up a little bit by then. I mean, really, $50 million in 2024 will be, you know, the new $40 million of, of today, which, you know, a lot of guys, again, of Cat's caliber at his age range, that's what they're making right now. I think as a Bulls fan, you want Carl Anthony Towns to sign that Supermax extension now. Not only because it lacks him up, sooner, but because the alternative isn't much cheaper. If Cat doesn't get all NBA and then just signs a normal max extension the following summer, we're still talking about a contract in the mid-40s a year. I mean, I can't tell you to to not have the opinion that that's a bunch of money or that that's going to have a, you know, is going to have a a big impact on the cap. What I'm saying is, is we need to compare the two different options. And I think that extra $7 million a year or so, in my opinion, is worth the risk of not having him locked up. I'd pay that $7 million a year to avoid this sort of limbo possibility that the Wolves could be entering this summer. But the, the Giannis example, when he was in a similar spot, is a similar comparison, one that worked, but it's an interesting comparison. You know, Giannis delayed signing his Supermax in Milwaukee prior to the season they won the championship, right? And he did that, at least in part, to have some leverage with the Bucs to push the Bucs to make win-now moves. Now, obviously, that worked. Giannis pushed for them to get Drew Holiday. They traded three first-round picks for Drew Holiday. 
and Holiday played a huge role in the Bucks winning the championship. But the Bucks had to make because Giannis wasn't locked up. The Bucks had to make that move for Holiday before Giannis was under contract long term. Giannis had the leverage to push them to do that. Then once it worked, once he saw it was working, he signed the extension. And that's just good business by Giannis, right? And it would make sense for Cat if he wasn't locked up, if he can't sign this Supermax this summer and he's just kind of rolling it over in limbo to similarly pursue that type of leverage. And who knows, maybe it would force the Wolves to make their Drew Holiday move and maybe that takes them to the next level. But you're leaving a lot of room for variance on that path, right? Like the Wolves could make the perfect move to exactly what Cat wants and still not get to that level. You know, who knows? Someone could get hurt. Something could happen. Bad luck could happen. And it just doesn't it just doesn't work out. I mean, it sounds crazy now with Giannis feeling so like firmly entrenched with Milwaukee. But there was a time not long ago of pretty serious anxiety in Milwaukee between when they traded for Drew and before Giannis had signed that extension. Because what if things would have gone wrong? You know, what if, say, Chris Middleton would have caught a bad injury last year? Maybe the Bucks end up just having a mediocre season and Giannis just comes to the conclusion that, like, this ain't it. Well, then you're Milwaukee with Middleton under contract for $36 million and Holiday under contract for $30 million and your franchise cornerstone's walking. You know, the Bucks then would have been forced to rebuild when they have a salary cap situation that is built to contend for a championship. That's the last thing you want. Which is all a way of saying, if you're a Timberwolves fan, I think you want to be cheering heavily for Carl Anthony Towns to make All-NBA this season. I think you want him locked up as soon as possible. Locked up through 2028, even, even if the price is high. I mean, making go-for-it moves is way safer when you know you have your fran- franchise cornerstone locked up alongside those moves. I, in my opinion, I, I think signing Cat to the Supermax is actually the most risk-averse move they can make. Any other path is just riskier. This path sets you up to make decisions. Lock Cat down this summer, build out the roster also this summer, use the middle of exception, maybe make a trade to bolster the front court. And then the following summer, D'Angelo Russell and Malik Beasley will be free agents. Cat's extension still won't have kicked in. Ant's max extension also won't have kicked in. So you'll have real flexibility in that 2023 summer. That summer, the only players you'll have under contract are Cat, Ant, Vanderbilt, McDaniels, and Bulmaro. They could be a max cap space team that summer. With Cat and Ant both locked up long term, but those contracts still not having kicked in yet. It's a sweet spot. I mean, that's the situation I think you want to be in as a Wolves fan. There's so much you can do there. That's why I think you want Cat again to make all NBA this summer lock up that sweet spot. The other bit of good news is this certainly sounds like something Cat's open to. You know, the dynamic of how he fits in with this team, his teammates has, has totally changed. We're, we're a long ways away from the Jimmy Butler time. Here's Chris Finch after the game. I don't know if he was directly talking about Butler, but about the idea of how Cat has grown and how the teammates around him have grown to fit him and fit who he is. He's kind of talked several times this season about being comfortable with you know his teammates with his coaches and just the way that they respond to him just how what have you observed from him in that way and just a 26 year old guy learning how to be a leader in this league and really just acclimating to 
the team around him and the team kind of accepting him for who he is. Yeah, I think that, you know, it's it's been really, you know, certainly my first year with him. It's been it's been a really fun and healthy dynamic. Um, our guys all root for their uh, for uh, their teammates success. Um, I think people clearly see, you know, how incredibly talented Cat is and what he's able to do. And they also see that, you know, there'll be nights where he takes maybe eight, 10 shots um, and does whatever else the game needs, you know, and whether it be rebounding, defensive uh, presence in there. Um, and he's, you know, really responsive, responding well to his teammates. And he, he's a, he's a guy that you know, like, like all of us, we need the confidence of our teammates to be our best version of ourselves. So, um, you know, they, uh, they know he's the guy and he can take us to, to these types of performances when we need him most. It's such an interesting balance with Cat of quote unquote, what they need from him in a given performance, right? Like this isn't normal with a, with a star player. The offense in Minnesota is not designed to feed Cat scoring opportunities. It just isn't. It's not the same the ways teams like Philly are built around Embiid or Giannis is, or Milwaukee is built around Giannis or even KD in Brooklyn, right? Like Chris Finch and Cat try to work together night in and night out to find out what that game is asking them to do. What areas does that game ask Cat to thrive in for, you know, the better of the team? And that does change night to night. I mentioned earlier the four games Cat has had this season prior to tonight where he scored 35 points, right? In one of those games, the one against Charlotte, where he had 39, that was driven by taking 11 three-point attempts. But he also had 30 sacks against Cleveland without making a single three in that game. Remember, that was the one where he was 13 for 13 from two. But it's interesting, if you look at these cat big performances this year, the five now where he's been over 35 points, like the one through line of those games in terms of scoring, it, it's, it's that almost every time Cat has gone off, Ant has not played or had a quiet night. I mean, the 36-point game against Portland, Ant didn't play in. The 39-point performance against Golden State, Ant also didn't play in that. That 39-point performance against Charlotte, Ant got hurt in the first half. And then the only time where Ant's been on the floor with him the whole season was way back at the beginning of the year where Cat had 40 against Houston and Ant had 19 in that game, but it was an inefficient shooting night. I mean, tonight that continued to be the pattern too. 60 for Cat in a game where Ant only had five points in 30 minutes of play. Which is, I think, further proof of Cat picking and choosing his spots based on what the game is asking him. Tonight it demanded him to be more aggressive. Obviously, what you like to see most is those two going off in tandem, right? But that's that's easier said than done. I mean, for now, you have Cat pushing the go button when his team needs it. And tonight was a game where his team needed it because not only was it an off night for Ant, but they didn't have Nasri, they didn't have Jared Van, but they didn't have you know, they they needed a lot of minutes from Cat and they needed a lot of scoring from him. All right, let's mix in a quick break here, and then we'll keep talking about this win in a 60-point performance from Carl Anthony Towns. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 
Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. With Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketplace platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results fast. It's okay if you don't know much about marketing. Constant Contact's writing assistant tools and automation features help you craft messaging and say the right things at the right time. I use this to help write and send my email newsletters, and you should too. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. All right, we are back discussing the Wolves' 10-point win in San Antonio on Monday night. The Wolves are now 9-2 and two since the All-Star break. They have the number two offense and the number four defense in the league in that time. Unsurprisingly, that equals the best net rating in the league post-All-Star. This team is a loss away from being on a nine-game winning streak. After tonight's game, I thought it was interesting. D'Angelo Russell, uh, when he was asked about that Orlando loss, he had an interesting answer about why he felt that this team needed that loss. Yeah, yeah. I think um, <clears throat> I said on the bus the other day, everybody was looking at me. That was crazy. I said um, we needed to lose that game, the Orlando game. Because you look at the games that we played before that, it was a few teams that I felt like we were supposed to beat. Um, teams that were probably tanking teams that were resting. There's a lot. There's like six or seven games that or five games that, you know, went by where we were just kind of showing up and going through the motions and still finding a way to win. You you you, you kind of get out of your good habits, you know, when you play teams and games like that. So that Orlando game kind of put us back on our, our heels and made us want to lock back in. And that's the two that we just came up with. I know some people get frustrated by comments like that from Russell. You know, there was the quote last year where Gilo said the team was still figuring out how to lose. And earlier this year, he had a quote about the team needing to figure out how to win. And then there's this needing to lose a game where a win would have been pretty meaningful. I'm, I mean, I would imagine part of the reason people react to that is because it's just the type of thing players don't usually say. I, I think <laughs> that's more striking to people more than they actually feel what D'Lo is saying is wrong. I mean, with hindsight, I think those comments all actually look pretty accurate. That team last year did not learn how to lose or hadn't learned how to lose because I think what D'Lo meant by that, and actually what he kind of clarified, that one quote jumps out, but what he said is, it's just a team that together did not have the ability to even consistently compete. And then earlier this season, I think they did not learn how to win, right? It took a while. That was that was new to them having the you know having this caliber of talent that expects them to win that they didn't necessarily know how to navigate that and then for one reason or the other i mean this one's more more bad this team just has a tendency to sort of let their focus wander they play up and down to the competition that's not even really 
up for debate. I mean, give them a handful of tanking teams and the first team they play that isn't tanking. Yeah, like that might catch them by surprise. Oh, I, I don't know. That might be a good thing, too. But it, it's a pretty defined characteristic of this team now 70 games into the season. I think Delo's point is that the loss in Orlando woke them up and that they need to wake up if they're going to compete with the more competitive teams coming in the schedule. I mean, think about that Orlando game. They're up by 18, right? What if Orlando just rolls over in the second quarter once they're, you know, they're down by 18? What if the Wolves just coasted the rest of the way, won that one by 30? You know, if that would have happened, are we confident the same result would have happened in Miami the next night? I'm, I think that would have been the wake up then. I, I think the Orlando game woke them up to knowing they need to play like the team they've been for the most part since January 1st to beat real teams. And when that team wakes up and plays like that, they're a dangerous team. I think we've begun to sleep on the fact that the Wolves are the number one offense in the NBA since January 1st. That's a big deal. That's a long time ago. Those have been the number one offense in the NBA over the past two and a half months now. And by a mile, the difference between the Wolves at number one in offensive rating and the Suns at number two is the same as the difference between the Suns at number two and the Jazz at number seven. That's it's a big deal. It's a really good offensive team. Like we should we should take a minute to think back on how big of a progression that is. Right? In the first 35 games of the season, October 20th through December 31st, the Wolves were 16 and 19, and they had the number 23 offense in the NBA. Well, they've now played another 35 games. They're 70 games into the season. So in the most recent 35 games, January 1st on, the Wolves have a record of 24 and 11. And they have the number one offense in the NBA. I mean, that's a pretty unprecedented leap. For the season, the Wolves are now the number six offense in the league. Only the Jazz, Hawks, Suns, Bucks, and Grizzly have, a, have better offenses this season. And to go along with that, the Wolves are also tied in 10th on defense for the year. So this is the list of teams who have both a better offense and better defense than the Wolves this season. Phoenix and Memphis. That's it. I mean, I know we've done a lot of hand-wringing over the Wolves' easy schedule of late or just about how they've you know, caught teams when guys are hurt, but those are the numbers. Sixth on offense, tenth on defense for what is now a 70-game sample. At some point, that is just what winning looks like this season in this season that we're in. This just might be what winning looks like these days. Now, at the same time, is there another level this team can go to? 100%. But maybe we should start looking at that room for growth as a ceiling more than we look at it as a rationale for why this team's floor is like flimsy. I mean, two things are not present right now that previously this season were present for extended stretches. Anthony Edwards and the defense. I mean, Ant clearly hit a wall with this knee injury, but I'm sure. I'm not sure we can just rule out the idea that he can get back to the player he was in December and January. And with the defense, like it's definitely fallen off some. It was terrible tonight, but being 10th on the season in defense is, you know, that's still pretty big. I mean, it is bolstered by the fact that the wolves, you know, were really good defensively. The first, that first half of the year, since January 1st, they are giving up 3.2 more points per 100 possessions than they were before the calendar flip. That's a pretty big gap. 
but and we also don't really need stats to back that up, right? Like the eye test pretty if we're watching this team pretty clearly indicates that this team has taken a step back defensively. I think the question with the defense is whether or not it can be good a little more often, right? Maybe consistently good defense is too high of a bar with this group, but can they situationally defend? When the game is on the line, can they have a good fourth quarter defensively? I mean, that's what they did in Miami the, the other night. Now, will both of those things happen? Probably not, but individually, are either of those things that outlandish? I mean, think if Ant goes back to where he was in the first half of the season offensively, adding that to the number one offense in the league, like that's that's scary if it can happen. And then also, like, what about our theory about the defense being awesome at the beginning of the year, hitting a lull because they got tired, and then being awesome again at the end of the year when things tighten up? Well, if that happens to the Wolves, then they might be the hottest team in the league going into the playoffs. As far as other storylines go from this game, you know, it's not room for much else to happen when Cat is doing what he did. But let's uh, send in my prize picks tonight to touch on a few other notes from this game. I made five picks tonight, went two and three on those picks. Uh, one pick I made wrong, I think, tells some of the defensive story in this game. I took the under on 41 and a half points plus rebounds plus assists for DeJounte Murray. Uh, the Wolves played a ton of drop coverage against Murray tonight, and he cooked it. Murray finished the game with 30 points, four boards, and 12 assists. It's just that type of guard in that type of coverage against the Wolves remains a problem. So I missed that pick. Uh, on the other side of the ball, it was also a drop coverage from the Spurs all night, too. And uh, D'Angelo Russell got after it right away. He had 15 points in the first quarter, attacked the Spurs defense at all three levels against that coverage. Um, obviously, it became the cat show after that. But I did hit my over on 18 and a half points for D'Angelo Russell tonight. He finished with 19 in 29 minutes of play. I also took the over on Anthony Edwards converting on three and a half assists. Kind of pictured this game to be a heavy sort of drive and kick game with you know Jared Vanderbilt out of the lineup. I, I thought, you know, flanked by more shooters that, you know, Ant might have been able to, to rack up some assists tonight. But as we hit on, it was a quiet night for Ant. He just had five points and three assists. Uh, my last two picks were both on Devin Vassell. I took the over on 13 and a half points for Vassell and the over on four and a half rebounds as well. He hit the points over, scoring 17, but did miss the rebounds over with just three. So that's two and three on the night, bringing me to 147, 127, and 10 on the season. If you've started watching the Wolves more now that they're winning, uh, prize picks is something you can do. While you watch these games, it's just daily fantasy for every game. Try and string some overs and unders together to win. If you are looking to create an account, Prize Picks will give you a $100 sign-up bonus. If you sign up using the promo code Dane, if you do create a Prize Picks account, use that promo code Dane. Helps you get 100 bucks and helps Prize Picks know you came from me. PrizePicks.com or the Prize Picks app. Well, we are officially at the point uh, where the Wolves not moving up in the standings is is becoming insane. They've I looked it up. They've been the seventh seed in the West since January 31st without moving. It's 44 days. And in those 44 days, they've won 15 of the 20 games they've played in. That's the most wins in the league in that time period. But the Wolves are still the seven because Denver is 13 and seven in that time. And Dallas is 13 and four in that time. So. The gap remains. Dallas is still three games ahead of the Wolves and four games ahead in the last column. Denver somehow keeps winning two. They won in Philly tonight. I, they were down by like 15 
when I stopped watching that and turned the Wolves game on. So Wolves remain one and a half games behind the Nuggets, two games behind them in the loss column as well. But two of the next five Wolves games are against Dallas, and they also get Denver one more time this year on April 1st. Next up, of course, is the Lakers on Wednesday night, back at home. Lakers on Wednesday and then Bucks on Saturday. So it's LeBron, then Giannis, then it's Luka, then it's Devin Booker and Phoenix, and then it's Luka again. Very, very different five-game stretch coming up for the Wolves. But one at a time, we'll start with the Lakers on Wednesday. I will be back to talk to you after that one. Until then, I'm Dane. Peace out. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.